0: You guys really want to do this? Huh? Do you really want to do this? No. Yeah. I mean,
1: we're here. I drove
0: 20 <laughs> minutes to get okay. here. Yes. Of course we do. We better do this. Okay.
2: Wow. Releasing Carson Wentz saves the Commanders 26.17 million.
0: Can't let you go. We cannot let this train get off the tracks before we even start.
2: No, we should never let it get off the tracks because... You don't want that to happen. Are we just going like, to
0: use like
1: train jokes the entire time? Because a little of, Mississippi Lake ham. because a Union Station. Yeah.
0: You know, who will be the caboose? That's Mr. Irrelevant this year is the caboose. Because it's the end of the train, you know? I, I think Rock I might go home. It. I think I might go All home. Right, we're Chris just gonna is gonna do train jokes the entire time. Chris is gone. Uh, that's Chris who knows. Her. This is character concerns before we get going. We got to get some pleasantries out of the way here. If you're listening to this podcast, please do us a favor. Hit that subscribe button. Leave a rating. Leave a review. That's how we get this thing rolling. That's how we get this train off the tracks. That's how we get this train out of the station. That's terrible. Uh, tell everybody you love Chris Osero too. Just, just. This isn't a Chris Inocero vanity project. This is... Uh, I mean, partially. Partially. It is a little bit. So this is an NFL draft podcast. Right. Showing some real
2: character concerns. Featuring me.
0: It's about you guys. the NFL draft, but it's going to have a Kansas City flavor not just because this is being disseminated by 610 Sports Radio, the home of the Chiefs, but because the NFL draft is taking place in Kansas City. So I think from a lot of different perspectives, this draft is going to have a Kansas City flavor, and it's exciting for people in Kansas City. It's always exciting when your team is the defending Super Bowl champs. How are you going to add to it? How are you going to infuse this roster with even more talent, especially considering what Brett Veach has done? So with Jay Binkley, Chris Sounosero, I am Nick Schwartz. We are delighted to have you with us today. I want to start this episode, guys, by looking at specifically what the Chiefs want and need. So let's let's ignore the the draft class and how we think this draft is going to shake out and what positions are going to go where and how the board's going to fall to Kansas City. I just want to look specifically at how things would work in an ideal world for Brett Veach and the Chiefs. So, in a perfect world, what position do you think the Chiefs are putting at the top of their priority list? Where do you think the Chiefs are starting when they are targeting players and positions for this 2023 draft class? I
2: think there's three they're kind of targeting. I do think the wide receiver is still really high on their list because if not, they don't bring Juju back. McCole Hardman takes off. What else are they going to do? They want to supply uh, Patrick Mahomes with different weapons. So I think wide receiver sits out there. They are going to have to have help on the offensive line. I don't think that comes in the first round. I think that comes later in the draft. Defensive line. I, this is a very strong defensive line class. Okay, but uh, the specifically, let me. St- not,
0: the, the top. Okay, so let me stop you there with defensive line. Do you think defensive line as a whole is still a position that they'll target, or or is it just? edge rushers that we're looking at? I,
2: I think best available at either defensive line or edge rush. I know they were satisfied last year with what they're getting from their edge rush. I mean, how could they not be 24 more sacks last year than the year before finishing a nice cool second in the national football league. I didn't think we'd be sitting here talking about the chiefs being second in the NFL in sacks. I mean, the fact they did that is a great building block for what this defense not only not been improved against the stop of the run top 10 defense against stopping the run two things. The chiefs couldn't do in the past. And to keep doing that, keep supplying that talent is to always increase the defensive line, the rotation, as the Chiefs love that rotation so much. But seeing Karloftis trying to, you know, really start to change gears there, he's starting to act a little bit like Max Crosby. Now, he hadn't shown, you know, the early propensity like Max Crosby did. But I like the high-motor skill, and I I liked him to Max Crosby in the draft last year. Chris, we brought on his, his coach in college. I even brought we did, up. Yeah. Hey, what, what do you think of Max Crosby and George Karloff? He loved the comparison, Jeff Rom. He loved the comparison of George and Max Crosby because you can't teach that kind of motor uh, skills <coughs> that he has. But Jerry Snead... I mean, is he on the trade block or not? We don't know, but they know they love blitzing him from the nickel corner. The Chiefs love. Nobody blitzes more from the secondary than the
0: Chiefs. Don't you think those are sort of evergreen spots for the Chiefs? Because those are the those are the two positions we were talking about 12 months ago, targeting in the draft, right? Receiver and edge rusher. And I know you could say this with any team. You can never have enough pass rushers. You can never have enough pass catchers. In terms of pass catchers, we know how this team is going to continue to build around Patrick Mahomes. When you look specifically to their current roster, we don't know what's going to happen with Frank Clark. We don't know what's going to happen with uh, Colin Saunders. Who else is uh, as a free agent? Is Derek Nottie.
1: Derek Nottie Naughty. so a free agent, too.
0: You've got a lot of question marks as to who's coming back. It feels like it is sort of, in a way, rehashing what we were doing a year ago going into the draft.
1: Yeah. I I, I think you got to go edge first off because we don't know what's going to happen with Frank. You think that's
0: priority number one? I think that's
1: priority number one. Unless you feel like you can get a quality started in the second round, because this is a very there's – a, there's a lot of depth at the edge rushing spot probably in the first couple rounds, maybe third round. We'll see. But at least in the first couple rounds, there's some guys I think could fall into the second round that you could probably trade up and get if you really want. But I, I think that you want to make sure that your pass rush stays premium for the team, as, as Big brought up, twenty four more sacks this past season than they had in twenty twenty one, and I think that was one of the big reasons why they ended up getting to the Super Bowl. Because in the playoffs, when you needed your pass rush to go out there and help you win, because you had injuries on your offense, they got the job done. So, I, I think pass rush is going to be so important, uh, both on the edge and in the interior. And I also think, yeah, receiver, it just makes your job as a quarterback so much easier. So. They, they have to go out there and get a receiver at some point in the first couple days so that they have someone else that Mahomes can get the ball to. Well, there's two posi- actually three
2: positions that could be depleted. It depends on what happens in the offseason. Obviously, Orlando Brown's situation. Right. But the offensive yeah. line, Wiley, free agent as well. The offensive line could take some hits. So what else can take hits for this team? Defensive line as well. We talked about some of the free agents, the Chiefs out on the defensive line. So the defensive line, that, and wide receiver. Those three positions are not like linebacker. Not like corners, not like safeties for this team, even though Thornhill is a free agent. But I look at the offensive line, could be rated, depends on what they do in the offseason, where they want to make a priority. The defensive line, some of these characters can come back for the for this team and probably will come back for the Chiefs. But they could take major hits in all three of those areas, depending on how the offseason goes, especially wide receiver. There, there's no better example, and it kind of makes Mahomes even look even better, that Bengals game. When you, Justin Watson was hurt, not even hurt, he had an illness, excuse me, wouldn't even play in that game. When you're down the Fortson and Noah Gray running receiver routes, you know, the converted tight ends, and you know, Fortson was a former wide receiver, but that's not ideal to be playing the Cincinnati end. Yeah, he's
1: a tight end now. But he
2: had nobody to throw to, and even, you go to the first half of the Super Bowl, at two catches, 11 yards between the wide receivers before Juju, you know, kind of woke up there in the second half. But those three positions, I think the Chiefs are going to figure out what they're going to do in the offseason. And one of those will be the priority in the draft. Like last year's defensive backs, I honestly think they're going to go wide receiver uh, heavy in this draft.
0: I I, I agree with you. I I think there's a good chance they probably take a couple. Okay, I want to separate those two positions now. between Because it seems like everybody's in agreement here, wide receiver, pass rusher, are going to be the two priorities. They're very two different positions in how you can draft them, right? Historically speaking. Let's start first with pass rusher. We know... like. Pass rushers, if there is an elite prospect like there was last year, like there is almost every single year or every other year, you're going to be a top five pick. You're going to be a top ten pick. It's tough to get value players at the edge spot. Now, the Chiefs were lucky last year in George Karloftis. I think, you know, going into the draft... A lot of mock drafts had him as a top 15 guy, maybe like a fringe top yeah. 10 to 15 yeah. guy. No one thought he would fall that far. He all of a sudden falls to the end of the first round. The Chiefs get a six sack guy as a rookie, which I mean, again, six sacks doesn't jump off the page at you, but for a rookie, that's a really impressive number. So can you use that last year? And, no, it is because you go back, well, you go it, back
2: and the rookies last couple years. I mean, getting yeah. the 10 sacks is an anomaly. So, yeah, it happens. It's really so hard.
0: <laughs> would it be, do you think it would be unwise To look at that position and say, well, you got a six sack guy at the end of the first round last year. Why can't you do it again? Or do you feel like that's more of an anomaly? And if you want to go get a difference maker as an edge rusher, you may have to move up and try and get one higher in the draft.
1: If we were not, if this wasn't as deep of an edge rusher draft like a lot of people there, there were question marks last year about it initially but I think after the combine a lot of people were like okay there's probably going to be someone there where there's like Jermaine Johnson from Florida State or if Karloftis were to fall which I don't think anybody really thought except for like I saw one mock draft one guy from CBS uh, who, who kept mocking him to the Chiefs down at the bottom of the first round which I was I didn't think he was gonna be there but you know lo and behold he was but uh, if you have a really deep class then yeah, I think you you stay put. But if this were like uh some of the classes we've seen from previous years where it's like maybe two guys that you can really count on, yeah, you you got to like probably look somewhere else or maybe go Take a risk on like a uh, I know I know will hate this a Tano Passanio type who's like a good physical specimen but showed
0: like none of the technique to be a professional yeah. like you'd have to take that kind of a risk on well, like the second day that's why game. that's why guys like Max Crosby are such great right, stories right yeah because you get a guy in the fourth round who ends up being an all pro caliber yeah, pass rusher that, that he never ten sacks happens as a rookie yeah it never happens put it this way so
2: not this year but the year before out of the top twenty eight sackers because a lot of more tied top twenty eight sackers eighteen of that twenty eight were first round picks. So you show, like, okay, uh, 12 first uh, through uh, 15 picks. So 12 of the 28 were had to be picked between 1 and 15. Um, five second-rounders, two third-rounders, one fifth-rounder, two of them undrafted as far as the top 28. So it's to say, okay, yeah, you get a needle in a haystack once in a while in the third round, but just two of the top 28 sackers in the NFL one fifth rounder of that group and two undrafted. So it says there's 18 of them in the first round, 18 of 28. So if you're going to get somebody, you need to do it in the first round. But not only that, it would also say that nearly 50% of them were drafted in the first 15 picks. So, yeah, George Carloft is the world are rare. Right. Because yeah. you got him at the end of the first round because typically you need to be top 15 to get a, you know, an adequate sacker.
0: Okay, so let's look at the flip side of that. Wide receivers are a completely different position with how you can acquire them. You go back to the last three years, each season, including last year, there were at least 15 receivers taken in the first three rounds with mixed results, right? It's not to say that you're getting a ton of all pros. Everybody goes back to the 2019 class, which is a great example, but it's not the standard where you had Debo Samuel, A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, uh, Uh, Deontay Johnson, right? All these guys going in the second round or later who have proven to be legit number one receivers. And a lot of people like to point to that and say, well, look at all of the great talent that you can get on day two at the receiver position. Last year, like, right, it's a little bit, the last couple of years are more of a wait and see. Guys like Michael Pittman from 2021, T. Higgins, but he was at the beginning of the first round, Uh, Chase Claypool, right? Depends how you feel about guys like that. So it's a mixed bag, when you look at those second day guys, but the point remains that teams at least believe that you can get talent there, that you can wait on receiver unless you're getting one of those elite guys, you can afford to wait and and see who falls to you, which is kind of what the Chiefs did with Sky Moore. Is there enough evidence to suggest that's simply how Brett Veach is going to do business with wide receivers in the draft? Or could you see him potentially using a first round pick on a receiver?
2: I could see him potentially doing that when you get somebody special elite. Do you want a number one or do you want you know, a quality number two eventually?
0: But do you think you're getting that at pick 31?
2: Uh, yeah, I, I think the, the tendency to get a good wide receiver at pick 31 much different than an edge rusher in other positions, especially offensive tackle, those kind of things. I mean, T. Out Higgins those, went 33rd two uh, years ago. Out of those positions, I would say quality wide receiver at the end of the first round. But I also think they're banking on Mahomes making everybody better, too. I think they got a quarterback that can take talent around him like Manning did with Brandon Stokely and Jacob Tammy and those type of guys and elevate their talent. But I think the Chiefs somehow, it's kind of what they're looking at. Okay, but they will look at wide receiver. I do believe they can get wide receivers in other rounds. But if you're going to stay put without moving, stay put without moving out of all the positions. I think wide receiver would be the way to go.
1: Yeah, I agree with you on that. I, I, that's a position. There's a lot of depth at it. Usually there is a lot of good depth in, unless you just have one of these, one of those terrible years for certain positions or whatnot. Um, but there's a lot of guys that are kind of been thrown around. And like, even the top guys aside from like, uh, I sound like Quinton Johnston, I've seen a lot of mocks for like Smith and Jigba where he's going bottom first, I've seen Jordan Addison going bottom first. I mean, obviously, Bing's guy, Jalen Hyatt. Like, I, I think I've think i seen it, him all over the place. I've seen him all over the place. I think there's a very, very good chance that that he's going to be there at 31. I'll say this. If, if the 40 time if, if doesn't 40, just blow if, everything if he's away. sub-4-3, the Chiefs might have to trade up to get him. Yeah. But,
2: if he's, again, These guys are going to move. Yeah. Like Quentin Jones, all these guys going to move a lot right, with the combine. Right. The combine this week, uh, the wide receivers – uh, get going this Saturday, quarterback, wide receiver, tight end, Yeah. Uh, get going uh, on Saturday. That will be a lot of
1: – I'll call that moving day. They call it moving yeah. day in golf? Yes. It's moving That's day gonna moving day. That's going to be moving day for them. I, I just – I feel like the way that this whole thing is set up – and I think normally if this would have been a year ago, I'd be like, you know, if if your guy's not there, then you're going to have to go somewhere else or trade back or whatever. But the Chiefs surprised me when they traded up to go get McDuffie last year. And so to me, it's like if Veach really likes a guy and somehow that guy falls out of the range that they thought he would be in like McDuffie did where he they thought he would be gone by at worst 18 and then he's there at 21, I could totally see the Chiefs being like, okay, we're not going to get beat out for this guy because we really like him. And it paid off for them with McDuffie. And I could totally see them it being the same thing with the Hyatt or whoever if they really like that receiver there, I could totally see them train up because they got the capital to do it.
0: Okay, so that's a perfect transition because I love this about Brett Veach, and I think it's something amongst many impressive qualities that I've learned about him over the last four years. Patrick Mahomes, yeah. No, I think specifically over the last four years because you think you, you start to see who this person is, but you really need to see multiple off-seasons, multiple years of roster construction before you figure out what a guy's tendencies and preferences are. And the thing that I love most about Brett Veach, and I think this is a sign of any great uh, roster builder in any sport, is that you don't live in a world of absolutes. You don't live in a world where you say, I'll never do this. I'll only do this. You don't fall in love with guys and ignore the circumstances, ignore what is happening with the board to the point where I don't think they go and – some guys fall in love with players. I think a lot of GMs over the next week or two doing interviews, watching pro days, they're going to fall in love with a guy and they're going to say, do whatever it takes to get me that player. I don't think that's who Brett Veach is. He may have guys he really likes and they hope fall to him, but I don't think they're going to reach on a guy unless they just think it's the perfect guy at the perfect Unless it's
2: Patrick Mahomes. He used to be that way. That was the question I had for him when I had to talk to him a couple years ago. I said what which type of G M are you gonna be? Because he was that scout that he when he when he liked somebody, he liked him, he made sure he liked like he would yes. bug Andy Reid Oh yeah. And different. Different example. Action, yeah, like like Chris Jones. It's different when there. it's a quarterback, right? I'm just yeah. it depends. He finds somebody because he was a Southeastern Conference scout with yeah. Philly and with Kansas City. But Andy Reid's even admitted it in in the, the, the draft room that hey man Beach has been all over me about this guy. Even Veach told Pat McAfee when he's on. He's like we narrowed it down to about two or three. So what he does is find two or three guys he really likes, then he presents them to Andy Reid because you know Andy Reid doesn't do the draft and all this, but he is instrumental in it because Brett Veach said he'll take it down the two or three and get the coach's advice on it. Right, but this now, is but it's but different. But that's why I said.
0: It. But that's why I say it. You need multiple years of of watching this guy do the job to figure that out because it's completely different when you are rebuild mode looking for a franchise quarterback than when you have two titles under your belt and now you're just looking to keep this thing sustainable and you have a quarterback with a cap hit over forty million dollars. Like your thought process changes a bit when the circumstances of your roster change. Yeah,
2: it does. And the philosophy right the philosophy, how you're building your team, what you're doing. It's like that Albert Breer article, you know, thinking about Brant Tillis and in Veach, figuring out a way to pay Mahomes before he even started. That's being proactive. Uh eight Eight contributors last year, those 10 picks in the Super Bowl. You had four rookies out there, defensive back. That's building a young team. And that's the other thing, too. The Chiefs took 10 guys last year. Do we expect them to take another 10 this year? Because 21 of the 22 in the last three years are still in the roster. But this is definitely a seismic shift. And they've rebuilt the roster right in front of everybody. Like, you know, when they call it a rebuild, when some of the Chiefs said, you know, they thought this was going to be a rebuild year, when, you know, Kelsey said that kind of stuff. He's kind of right. Only four guys remain on this roster previous to Mahomes. That's it. That is flipping a roster, and people I don't think realize that nationally, that the Chiefs have flipped the roster because 50% of those four guys are James Winchester and Harrison Butker specialists. That's it. Only Chris Jones and Kelsey, the only skill position guys here before Mahomes. They have literally flipped this roster with their philosophies right in front of us.
1: Yeah, they were the third youngest team in the NFL this past season. Um, the thing, though, that's, that's really interesting is like – and i you you'll like this reference Bing, cuz you're you're a big fan of it uh, they're kind of doing what like alabama and georgia have done which is like you retool but you do such a good job at finding talent that you immediately get contribution from them and there's so many teams out there that have a bunch of draft picks take a bunch of guys and they're not able to turn that into production on the field from as many guys as the Chiefs were able to this past season. And I think that should draw a lot of confidence for what the Chiefs will do this year because they don't have nearly as many needs as they had last year because they're probably not going to go out here and just – like do a fire sale and start trading guys, letting guys walk away, walk away. Like I know a lot of people think that they might make a move with Lejarius Snead. I'm not convinced on that. I I, I could see them. Me, there's too versatile. Yeah, exactly. And they, they, I, they preach versatility. Exactly. I can see them playing it out. And if he leaves, he leaves. They get a compensatory pick. But like I, I really do think that they are so confident in their ability to evaluate talent and maneuver to get that talent that they're going to look at this situation and like again. Veach is going to be rubbing his hands together and he's like, okay, yeah, yeah, good, go get that guy. And then all of a sudden now they could very well have, I mean, certainly maybe not eight like they had this year, but maybe like, let's say you get like three or four good contributors from this team. Well, all of a sudden now that adds on to what they already have and they could be in a great position for the, for years to come because they are still technically rebuilding but it's like when you are in a position of an Alabama or Georgia rebuilding, you're doing it while still winning. That's a good point. But here's one thing about the Chiefs.
2: The Chiefs don't have something to look at, Nick. They don't have a bar. Like the other teams can point to the Chiefs. Hey, we got to catch this team. Yeah. We have to draft good guys to stop Mahomes. We got to find a way to get to the quarterback and Mahomes. It's why the Chargers in free agency, right? Khalil Mack. that. They have a bar. They have a barometer. The barometer is the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs do not have a barometer. They don't have a bar. They don't they have to say, hey, we have to do this, this, and this to beat these teams because they beat them. They're they're betting against, they're playing against themselves, is what they're doing. And everybody else can look at the Chiefs. Hey, we draft, we're gonna stop this team. And they focus on, on it. People talk about it, the combine, whatever. How we stop my homes and all that. These GMs are talking about that. But the Chiefs don't have that bullseye. They don't have it because they're at the top of the mountain. When you're at the top of the mountain, everybody wants to get the top of the mountain. When you're on the top of the mountain, you gotta you gotta maintain. You gotta sustain what you're doing. And that's the toughest
0: thing that the Chiefs are doing. All right, so you guys have sort of touched on this a little bit, but I want to I pull it back a little bit. I want to do maybe a 30,000-foot view on this draft class, so not just specifically what the Chiefs are going after. Chris, you mentioned how deep this class is going to be at defensive end. Let's set the scene for this 2023 draft class. What do you guys think? And last year, this it was defensive in, in, a, in a lot of ways. Last year was a weak quarterback class, which is usually what we're talking about. Really weak quarterback class last year. A lot of pass rushers. A lot of edge rushers were going early. What do you guys think is going to be the defining characteristic of this class? And what do you think the ripple effect of this class will have on what is sitting in front of the Chiefs when it gets to them at 31? If I was going to say, I'd say lack of quarterbacks again. Really? Question really? What's the question was But guy. we know there's going to be four quarterbacks in the round. I think there's probably the going to be like
2: four. Yeah, there's probably the, the, four quarterbacks. The, going be, Maybe top be, ten. But we'll be, but how's the quality going to be? That's the question. Will the quality be? Because I think when you look back at drafts, we judge it by quarterbacks. Okay, but when let me okay, back, okay I, I do agree. I do one, agree. I do. The number, agree one re- that. the number one way you judge a draft class is the quarterbacks were taking. I'll be honest with you, four is good because you need this so the Chiefs have more. Flexibility of yeah, yeah. the players they grab so the twenty
1: thirteen class was I mean yeah the you want everybody grabbing a wide receiver
2: or not wide receiver excuse me quarterbacks quarterback the yeah. you're not getting a quarterback so the more quarterbacks that are taken okay they're picking thirty one they could conceivably be technically picking twenty five or twenty six depending on how many quarterbacks taken so they can jump from thirty one to twenty five with, with skill positions because no one else is going in those directions so the quarterbacks do help the Chiefs move up in my opinion without trading.
1: No, I agree with you on the on the quarterbacks thing. It, it is very important. The fact that there are four guys who are getting first-round grades is going to be really important. The fact that the Bears leaked out today that they are going to very much entertain moving that number one overall pick... Is going to create a whole bunch like a big sweepstakes for teams trying to trade for him. When well, it's bad
2: him. when the best quarterback's still in college. Exactly. It would be number one yeah. overall had he been yeah. in the draft. I so. mean, it is what it is, though. Yeah. But, I know, but I'm just saying, I mean, it's it's a bad look on them when the guy that would have been taken ahead of these guys is still at USC.
1: Yeah. But like they are definitely there's there's a lot of good guys in this uh in this class here. I I I definitely am, you know, Will Levis and Anthony Richardson, not the not the biggest fans of them. Don't sleep on Stetson Bennett. <laughs> I, 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 dude, I told you. Didn't I tell you? I, week Was it week one? I was like, Stetson Bennett might be a first-round pick.
2: He's going to give Chase Daniel a run for his money in Guys, career, in career he is, earnings he is, in less to He
1: is going to be the Chase Daniel of this generation. Okay, yes. I have to call a timeout here. an incredible <laughs> salesman for he, he
0: is going to be a perennial
1: backup everywhere in I the have league. To, I
0: have to call a timeout right here. Episode one. I hate to have to do this now, but I'm throwing a flag, Bink. I'm challenging it. No, it's too late. It's too you late. You can't challenge a challenge. Yeah, you can't. I'm throwing a flag. And actually, no, he can challenge us because this oh, is a yellow flag. Oh, there's a yellow flag. This is okay. a yellow flag. Are we, the, are we the XFL? I think, I think I'm gonna have to call for a ban on all Stetson Bennett conversations.
2: That's ridiculous because this, this <laughs> guy gets no credit, no run. It's embarrassing for you, Nick. It's embarrassing should, for me. You should appreciate Stetson Bennett and his greatness because that old text line, our little chat group, everybody was dogging Stetson. But, but this is but not this guy. But
0: there's no text line because this is a podcast.
2: We still have a text line. And
0: I don't think it's relevant to the Chiefs or to Kansas City.
2: It's fun to bring him up, though.
0: I'm not having fun. talking. It's only because... Washington needs a new quarterback. And, and, right and, by, the way, and by the way, so I just maybe. want you to know, you are solely responsible for me not wanting to talk about Stetson Bennett because of the amount of text messages you've sent me over the last six months. He's just get hated on. And it won't even be any... There's no context when he texts me, Chris. It will just say Stetson Bennett. He will just say Stetson Bennett. <laughs> That's it. That's it. They won't even have, have played a game that day. It'll be Tuesday. He's done
1: that with me with some players. He's. I've not gotten the Stetson Bennett text.
0: Unbelievable. I, I just I can't do it. I can't do it anymore, man. You've ruined Stetson wait, Bennett wait, wait, for wait. me.
2: If we're doing a draft podcast, though, we have to talk about him. We, we do. Point. We
0: do kind of. On if, if we
1: what? do, it could be we, should, backup. we should not have to devote this much time Name to Stetson Bennett. As a
0: backup for Mahomes. I think it's, it could be coming as an open competition. Can you imagine if we drafted draft, him? He's you a imagine? nice little practice squad player. Him and Shane Michelle? Can you, you imagine can, if we drafted draft
2: Stetson Bennett? Then you'd have to talk about they, it. They should not draft Stetson Bennett. <laughs> <Then you laughs> let's nip that like at the bud 40.
0: right now. They should
1: not draft Stetson Bennett. But then Nick would have to talk about him, which is <laughs> great. Okay, so this,
0: this is actually a perfect segue, because I know how Bink cares about Stetson Bennett, and he has... Draft crushes, plural, multiple, many, many draft. Well, he could be one of them at the quarterback spot.
1: <laughs> what a six-round, 7 so round. He's, he's like the, the Ricky yeah. Stanzi, so the Tyler Bray type of undrafted crush. Undrafted free. Yeah, crush. he's like the backup that like the real
0: like d- super diehard fans okay. have a
1: crush on. So here's camp. what we're going to
0: do. I'm going to put very strict parameters on this. I'm not going to make you wait any longer, Bing. I want, and we're all going to go around and give our dream scenario high in the sky, even if you think it's a little unrealistic, even if you think guys uh, probably not going to be there at 31, I want your big first-round draft crush for the Chiefs. And the parameters are, you can't give me multiple names. Because I know one. you want to. I know you want to. So did, just oh, no. one? He, he's got one. Don't worry. He's I, just I got, got, got the one. one. So just one name of, I mean, dream scenario. Not, Not like a guy I know will be there at 31. Dream scenario. I would love to see this guy in red and gold trotting out uh, there at Arrowhead on last Sundays. Year was Christian Watson.
2: I think we all know that last year. Cause I you did like when, him. Yeah. When I find a guy, I usually stay with him. You know, I'm not wishy washy where you have like seven guys and team. You're like, hey, I like this guy a lot. No, no. Who did you like? That's your question. Jalen Hyatt. I brought him up last time too. Cedric Thomas was through the main receiver at Tennessee until he got hurt. Jalen Hyatt came from nowhere. That team, Tennessee, he was their weapon. And Hendon Hooker connection with Jalen Hyatt was one of those explosive in college football. The guy averaged over 18 yards of reception, 67 catches, 1267 yards, and we'll see what the 40 is. Could it be f- sub 43? Maybe. Could it be you know 433, 435? Maybe. Don't forget MVS Pacheco; they're 437 guys, so could even be faster than that. I just think with the breakaway speed, it's what fits the Chiefs. So Why I went to Christian Watson so bad because he was so fast and so big. And the Chiefs have always been looking for that bigger receiver. But Jalen Hyatt gives them an explosive down-the-field weapon for
1: Patrick Mahomes that I think they desperately covet. So last week we did episode zero. I said, uh, Will McDonald the fourth. I've uh, I've changed.
0: Okay, so I just want to let you know real quick on Will McDonald the fourth. I saw him mock to the Chiefs today. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I saw. I saw. Yeah, I. Th- I think what was it? It was a CBS, right? Or was uh, it? Or was it Kuiper? Or was no, it, it Kuiper? Well,
0: he may have. May I think Kuiper. I know. I'm pretty sure Kuiper. There's only about changed. ten thousand mock drafts out there, but I believe this one was um, uh, Pro Football Focus. But that's oh, neither here nor there.
1: Yeah. Continue. So I, I, I was on that train. I was like, I said he was my draft crush. I'm starting to come around on the Jalen Hyatt deal.
0: Oh. I'm wow. starting to come around on J-Line. You piggybacking bank. <laughs> Welcome to the club. I'm starting to come around on
1: it. Like, I just, I've I, I've, I've thought about this. And I really feel like the Chiefs are trying to recreate the Legion of Zoom. You got Kadarius Tony. If Kadarius can stay healthy, he is going to be such a dynamic weapon. I think he could be what this, what McCole Hardman wasn't for this team. Sky Moore, I think I've got I got some high hopes for him. He showed some promise. He's just got to learn the offense and he's got to work his way up the up the depth chart. Yeah, he's a faster guy than all yeah, those guys exactly. you can. Exactly. Yeah. So like you've got you've got Kadarius. You got Sky Moore. You add Jalen Hyatt to this offense. All of a sudden now, who are you gonna cover? Because you still got Kelsey out there. Yeah. You still got Pacheco in the backfield and Hopefully, Pacheco develops more as a pass catcher. Four
2: three seven, and with MVS you have four yeah. three seven. And with Jalen High, you have four all two two.
1: Under four four forty times, maybe and even Sky Moore under four is the slowest guy.
2: And he's a he quick becomes guy. the
1: slowest guy. And he's really fast. So all of a sudden, you add that guy, especially if he runs under four three. Oh man, that it would just be unfair. It would be like I don't think they need to draft a receiver in the first round. But I want them to draft a receiver in the first round. I like where Kadarius uh, Tonya and uh, and Sky Moore are, are heading towards, and I think they could be really good contributors. But you add a Jalen Hyatt to me, like if Hyatt turns into a productive receiver, it could have a massive impact on the, this offense for years to come and make it so much easier for them to score. A well,
2: Sky's a four four one guy in his combo. I think Jalen Hyatt's numbers will be really fun to watch because again, it'll affect where he's drafted the forty time. But also the measurements, because he's listed right now about six foot. Yeah, and he comes in at five eleven. That could change things. He comes in at six foot. All of a sudden, we look different. Because don't forget, Juju is just an inch taller than than Jalen
1: Hyatt. Yeah, it, it might push him up a little bit. Like the forty time is 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 going to be everything. He is one of the most to gain in this draft for the guys at the combine. Right. Yeah. He he could very and it, it could very well kind of be like what, what happened with Henry Ruggs. I I just feel like you add him to this offense all of a sudden it creates a, a whole new dimension and you get some of that explosiveness that you lost with Tyreek back. Hopefully they don't get to a point where they're like using Ty- using Jalen the way that they were using Tyreek in 2021, where you're throwing it to him probably a little bit too much, and the defense is kind of keying on that. I
2: think we forget how just how strong Tyreek was. That's yeah, the thing. You can't, yeah, he was really he's strong. He's built like a running back. Yeah, he you know, he's just, he, he's he was built was like one, a rock.
1: Yeah. He was one, yeah. He's just so tough. Right. I, I just feel like you you, you got to add another weapon to kind of spread things out on your offense, and it just makes your team better.
0: Okay, so I I went back and forth here and I wanted to go wide receiver, but both of you guys went wide receiver, so I'm with not, what you want. I'm not Just gonna do Join that. the club, man. No, no, I'm not gonna do it because there's, room there's for you. join the club. Well, bro. here's the reason why I won't. Because there is another position that I am equally excited about. You better not say offensive tackle. That I think is very deep, that gets me very excited. And there are multiple players at this position I can choose, but I am going to go with an unpopular selection here. Darnell Washington, tight end out of Georgia. 6-7. Mm. <laughs> I have things to say about love that. Vic loves that. Vic loves that. I don't think no, he's going to be there. I do, but he's the
2: second best tight end in Georgia, and you know it. He
0: listen, was. He was.
2: Listen, he gets credit he for the he great blocking and things player. like that. Yeah. People love Darnell Washington, but, but he's not as good as Bowers. But Bowers, yeah, Bowers, is, with, available. Yeah. Yeah, Bowers is Bowers. available. Next year's drafts can be ridiculous.
1: Bowers? Next year's drafts can be ridiculous. He's Bowers, Bowers, going back to school? Bowers might be, what? At least top 15. So right? let me tell we you a little both bit of them. We have back to back traps.
0: <laughs> yeah, let's go get Bowers next year. So let me explain Washington a little bit, and then I'll explain why I think he, he makes a lot of sense to the Chiefs. So for anybody who's not familiar with Darnell Washington, he's tough to miss if you watched any he's, games. He's very big. At he is 6'7", Huge. 280 pounds. It's a Jason Dunn type. On Monday, <laughs> that's a throwback But here's, right here is what separates him from Jason Dunn and really any other tight end of his size. Uh, There was a report from Rusty Mansell of Twenty Four Seven Sports on Monday. He said that Darnell Washington, he is hearing, is running in the four six three to four six six range at testing. Now, if if he at two hundred and eighty pounds and six seven runs in the four six six range, he's probably not making it to pick thirty one. That's
1: Travis Kelsey range right there
0: at two at, at at an offensive guard size, right? This is a massive target, and when you think about where the Chiefs are at as an organization, first things first, we don't know what's going to happen with Juju Smith-Schuster, and the reason why I bring him up is because of the way that the Chiefs employed him. They used him across the middle. Juju was basically a tight end out there as your number 1 receiver. He wasn't someone working the outsides. He wasn't someone taking the top off the defense. He took pressure off Travis Kelsey, so whether or not Juju is back in the, in signs and extension with the Chiefs in 2023. We know this much about Travis Kelsey. He will turn 34 years old next year. And as great as he is, father time is undefeated. And eventually you will have to start game planning for life after Kelsey. And that's what the great GMs in NFL in the NFL do. They don't wait for the thing that you don't want to happen to happen they are proactive and they anticipate it happening. So if you anticipate there being a decline in Travis Kelsey's play over the next three years, tight end, a position which typically takes two or three years before guys really start to hit like their strides. Agree, for example, and, and unless I mean unless you're Kyle Pitts, who had a down year in his second yeah. season. My guy. Most guys at that position are not ready to contribute from day one. Who threw it to their Washington? Who what? Who threw it to him? <laughs> at... At Georgia, yeah. Uh, Stetson Bennett. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> every, time, every,
1: time, every time we bring up a Georgia <laughs> player, you're gonna you're gonna try to throw some Stetson Bennett. Guys, I mean, guys, touchdown I mean so.
0: guys, we saw we saw the Chiefs do more underneath stuff. We saw it. Mahomes was the best quarterback in the NFL attacking between the hashes. This guy does all of that. He is at a position that, if not, is of need now, will be of need in the future. And he's a freak of nature. I he, he just checks a lot of boxes most, though, and, and makes me very catches, excited.
2: There's 45 catches in his
0: career. Maybe if they had a better, maybe if they had a better quarterback, they could have utilized him. Uh, better. Maybe so.
2: or not having a Brock Bowers there too. Okay, in yeah. The tight end. <laughs> yeah, they had
0: a better tight end than you know? <laughs> him. That's why I Pick here. with the other
2: tight end that was there. I'm always cautious on taking the other guy at yeah, a position. Yeah. The Matt this, Castle of the unit. So yeah. many times defensive line, just the other guy. Uh, Julius Peppers the year he was drafted. The Chiefs went the other direction. Uh, with Ryan Sims, uh, Ryan Sims, Awful again the second guy on a defensive line, you see what can happen. That was so terrible. always cautious. Yes, the the size is freak of nature, uh, underutilized um, in, in my opinion, college, but there could be potential there. I don't know if that's your slam dunk you're looking for.
0: My, I, I will okay, say then this. fine. Michael Meyer, you like that one better? Yes. I don't know if he's going to be there. He's either. not going. Well, be maybe there. if Darnell <laughs> <in a> Washington <laughs> runs a four six, then he'll go first, and then Michael Mayer can be the of, I mean, maybe. you know. He's a very interesting guy. I will say this about tight end. Sorry, I know you wanted to say something, Chris, but I will say this about tight end. Because it's not seen as a, I think, league-wide as one of the value positions, right? It's not receiver, cornerback, quarterback, left tackle, pass rusher.
2: I haven't If if you have
0: a strong draft class at that position, which it seems like this is a really strong tight end, like there could potentially be three or four tight ends that go in the first round. We know time. how this happens. It's teams thin, teams fall in love with certain dudes, and then all of a sudden a guy who you maybe you had as the best tight end in the class is there at 21-22. And if that happens to Michael Meyer, maybe yeah, I tends to trade up again. I'm just saying, that's the way it, we, we've seen it happen before. But see, when I think of Kelsey,
2: I think of a guy like Michael Meyer. I mean, you think of a top tight end. Now, Darnold Washington has got potential. You know what I'm saying? Total potential. But... It's not that star you say because Josh Kelsey was a third rounder. Okay, he developed into a star, so it can't happen. But I don't know if you look and say, all right, this can replace Kelsey, unless it's going to be on a committee, unless Noah Gray's going to be out there catching the ball still, and you are going to use multiple tight ends.
1: I think the one the one thing I and I do I I, I do find your uh, idea really interesting, Nick, is because the Chiefs ran a lot more bigger personnel this year to try to counter the two high safety shells that defenses are running against them. And so there was a whole lot of times where they would have two, three tight ends on the field at any given time, which is the reason why Noah Gray got so many touches this year in comparison to what he had before. I could totally see this being one of those moves where like if he were to fall, it would be a sneaky move. Certainly some people might question it and say, oh, well, they could use a tackle or they could use an edge rusher or a receiver. But like considering the fact that the Chiefs did not run nearly as many three Four, three wide receiver formations because they were trying to counter what defenses were doing. Yeah. I could totally see them going if he were to fall. Uh, go a tight end in the first round there. That way they can kind of build on a strength and build on a on a situation that they're working on to counter what defenses are doing and anyway. That sizing and he can cover too. Exactly. Like, you know, he basically he if he were to develop as a route runner the way that Kelsey has, he'd be uncoverable, just like Kelsey is. So that I, I definitely think that that's a that's an interesting idea. Um it's not what I think they should do, but I do think that if they
0: went that route, I wouldn't be mad. Guys, the Chiefs have uh, drafted at the 31st overall pick one time, only one time in NFL history, and that was in 1995, where they selected Trezel Jenkins.
1: Oh, Trazel Jenkins. A tackle. Michigan
0: man. A tackle, that's right. Out of Michigan, he started one career game. Those Carl City Peterson Chiefs.
1: drafts, man.
0: You go back and look at those Carl Peterson drafts. So if you're a superstitious person, then maybe uh, the Chiefs should stray away from left tackle. All right, guys. The Chiefs have dominated the draft the last two years. Brett Veach has had an absolute slam dunk performance, certainly last year and the year before. Eight starters. Eight starters drafted in the last two years. Ten starters drafted in the last three years. Simple question. How has the Chiefs' success in the draft the last two or three years impacted what they can or should do this year. Does the fact that you've killed it the last couple of years give you freedom to take bigger swings this year? I think so,
2: but eventually the check comes due. And with these players, eventually you're going to have to pay them. And the problem is they're all bunched together where their contracts can come about at the same time. Because 21 out of 22 from the last three years are on the roster. Uh, Clyde, you know, that's not going to be picked up at the fifth-year option. Bo Peakeys remains the only guy not still on the roster oh, for the last P. three Keys. years. That's going to triv- be, a a trivia trivia yeah. be a trivia question. That's going to be a trivia question
1: like 10 years Watch, But they've all been
2: good. That's since 2020, the guys that are still on this roster. But again, the check comes due. And, you know, the check comes due for these guys. And they're going to have a bunch at the same time. So you got to keep doing it through the draft. You keep supplying young talent. You keep drafting. You keep hoping for the best. And oftentimes people say, well, they're starting because they have to or they're starting because they're good. And the Chiefs are in the category that the young players are playing because they're good, not because they have to. Because there's some teams that play a lot of rookies. Now, the only two uh, rookie classes that played more, than the Chiefs are picking one and two in the draft. <laughs> Funny how that works. But they're picking one, two, and the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. It shows the difference. I feel like these young guys are have been contributors with this football
1: team rather than just playing them because you have to. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I Andy and his coordinators. They're not the type of people that are going to play a player because they have to. They're going to make sure. Because like, they did a really good job in positions they weren't confident at. They supplemented it with a veteran. So, like, take right tackle, for instance. They could have just said, okay, Luke, go out there and do it. Or the guy that we we know that they really wanted to make right tackle last year, Darian Kennard, he wasn't ready. He did not have a good camp. He, he had all the measurables. They really liked us when they traded back into the sixth round to go get him. He did not... End up showing what they needed to see from him to give him that job. So what did they do? They brought back Andrew Wiley. They made sure. Niang too. That's a guy. That's, yeah, you know. and Niang's a guy that I'm, I'm sure that they hope can get back to it and show something. And maybe he could be that. But guy. injuries. Yeah. But injuries have, have really hurt him. So I, I, they're the they're not that team that's going to force guys out there just because they have to. If they were going to do that, then they would have not signed Justin Reed. They would have had Brian Cook out there playing at, at the other safety spot opposite Thornhill. You know, they they would not have uh gone in with Darius Harris. They would have just had Leo out there starting from the beginning instead of him sitting on the bench and then working his way up into the starting lineup. You know, they they threw George Karloftis out there because he showed that he can handle it. And I, I really feel like if they were not confident in these young guys they wouldn't put them out there cuz at the end of the day the goal is to win championships it'd be different if you were a team that was like you know hey let's go see what happens we need to develop guys they're not uh, they're not at that position they're trying to win championships and when you have that mindset you're not going to force guys out there if they're not ready
0: i think if you're talking about being aggressive specifically this year with this team with this roster Being aggressive would mean taking a risk at a position that you don't necessarily need, but that you think would put you over the top. And I think that can mean a couple of different things. For the Chiefs, uh, trading up to get a left tackle to me would be being being very aggressive, saying, you know what? We're not going to pay Orlando Brown Jr. $24, $25 million a year. We're not going to overpay on a guy that we don't think is an elite-level player. So we're going to try and trade up, and we are going to take a risk in that we think we can get comparable play or a better value by moving up, seeing if a left tackle falls, bringing him in, shipping Orlando Brown Jr. off to the highest bidder. That, to me, is what I'm thinking when I'm being aggressive. Also, just like, trading up for a wide receiver, right? If you think Jackson, Smith, and Jigba is the truth, if you think he is going to be the next whoever, right, list off your elite NFL receiver and that that can take your offense to the next level. Or if you're anticipating the counterpunch from the rest of the NFL as to what they're going to do next year to try and stop your offense, go out, add more firepower, do it that way, knowing that there's not a lot of elite receivers or any elite receivers that are going to be available in free agency. I, I got a question for y'all.
1: If they were to trade up, like a lot of people were asking me this question last year. And I, I was like, if the Chiefs trade up, they're going to take an edge rusher. They did not. They took a corner. I think this surprised everyone with that. If they trade up, what position do you think they're taking? I, I'd say two,
2: wide receiver or tackle. Because if you want a left tackle, you got to get up. You got to get up top 15. But
0: couldn't you say that about edge rusher as well?
2: Edgers are deep this year
1: I mean, yeah, deep. Man, it's really deep, man like i don't, that, I don't you know about Edge there's really man deep. guys i
0: think we're falling victim a little bit to last season it was deep last year too but that but that's not normal is what i'm saying <laughs> you're
1: right it's not normal but i mean if it, it is what it is even if it's
0: not normal because there's part of me that says okay you got fortunate last year that the draft board fell the way that it did and you got a guy like Karloftis sitting there at at thirty, or whatever. Which I was, it was. shocked because he was like, only Cuz that. As can can you really can right? You, yeah, he was top fifteen. Can you really for sure. bank on that happening two years in a row when history suggests that you usually have to be drafting in the top twelve to fifteen to get one of those elite level pass left, rushers?
2: If you want a left tackle, yes. Pass rusher, it's a little bit different. As, as I told you from the from the previous year, almost fifty percent of them came in top fifteen picks for great pass rushers. And a guy like Tyree Wilson would be perfect because. Inside, outside, wherever you want. He's to not going to. The they can't. They got. They have to trade two first he, to get up, get up to get him. He's not going
1: to be there. I I think if they do, it depends on where they so trade. They up. better than Will Anderson. Like, yeah. If it depends on where they trade up. If they trade up into like the mid twenties, it's a receiver. Or even just in the anywhere in the twenties, it's a receiver. If they trade up into the teens, it's going to be a tackle. So see where Jordan Addison starts falling. Right. And, yeah. yeah. If yeah, cuz I could I, if they trade up into the 20s, it'll it'll be because they're like they McDuffie
2: fell on their board.
1: McDuffie did he, he was he, I think they thought worst 18. Yeah. So they didn't think he was going to be there at 21 and when he was there like let's go get him. I I think if they go into the teens, it's a, it's because a tackle fell. If they go into the 20s, like especially like mid 20s, it's because Addison or Hyatt is sitting there and they feel like they really gotta get that guy. That's the only reason why I think they would ever they would they would do that. So I think it depends on where it is. But yeah, if it's before twenty, it's a tackle. Who's going to trade with the Patriots <laughs> twice last year. <laughs> you got to find that trade partner. Yeah, yeah. It would be like someone like like a Paris Johnson falling or Although, something like that. You look at the Bills. <laughs> that's the reason we have Mahomes. The Bills need they Bills need to you add some more draft because
2: of the Ravens. So two rivals are yeah, the reason the
1: Chiefs are, are where they're at. The Bills could use some draft picks because they got some, they got to pay some people and they're way over the cap right now.
0: That's so interesting because last year was thought of as the off season where everybody was coming for the Chiefs. The Bills yeah. have been. I mean, the Bills have been vocal about the fact that they have been building to stop the Chiefs for three plus years now. It was so interesting on an offseason where it felt like, okay, finally they're they're seeing the opportunity and they're trying to take it. None of them got the job done. And when you do that, when you're ultra-aggressive and you fall short of expectations, a lot of times you do have to rein it back in. The Chiefs are not in rein it back in mode. The Chiefs are, no, we were conservative last year and we still added hardware. We still beat all your asses, and we got a Lombardi Trophy. And now, guess what? We don't have a thirty-one million dollar cap hit receiver. Instead, we have financial flexibility, we have draft assets, and we don't have the pressure of having to get it right this year because we're coming off a Super Bowl. It is the the perfect position yeah,
2: to sit be at the in. top of the
0: mountain, and they do have Mahomes.
2: Yep. That's the saving grace. Right. Well,
0: we'll say that every year. Um, so before we wrap things up, guys, it's interesting that the draft is in Kansas City this year because today, February 28th, if you're listening on on the day this podcast went live, which you should be, right? If you didn't, then next week, make sure you're listening Tuesday morning. Uh, today marks the the first flights out of the new yeah. single terminal at KCI. And that may not feel draft-related, but it absolutely is because if this airport were not opening... The draft would not be in Kansas City this year. Make no mistake about it. This was as instrumental as getting this draft and this event to Kansas City as possible. And when you think about that, you think about the idea that they're going to have the World Cup here in four years and how instrumental getting the draft, right? Like These are all sort of appetizers for the next thing. You have to get the first thing to get the next thing, this new airport, while it feels like it's something that's only relevant to Kansas City, it is having wide-reaching impacts on, on a lot of different things. It's just
2: the headed flights. This town's so excited about it. I mean, this town's excited about the Big 12 tournament then having a regional here in Kansas City as well. And the draft and the World Cup, as you say. In the airport... People are so excited about this. What, they let 10,000 people go check it out yeah. the other day, and people went up there took pictures There's going to be news else.
1: crews flying in and out tonight, tomorrow morning. Yeah, for, the news for this.
2: has been talking about this, like, every day. Yeah. You know, showing the behind-the-scenes at the airport, getting excited about it opening. This town is really excited about the airport, and it's civic pride, I think, when it comes to the airport because you know what can come to Kansas City once that airport's here. Once people see how fun it's going to be, like people are genuinely excited about the different restaurants and things like that at the airport. They might just go up there for fun without even flying no, out. No, they're not. I don't know about that, Chris. <laughs> I don't know about that, man. <laughs> you know how
1: far north somebody the, the airport know. is for most well, people in like, You know the what? I have <laughs> to live up by no. there, so I'm, I'm ready go. go. So you might do it. I may just go hang out at the airport. But most people, people in Boulevard the or... city live below the Missouri River, but so they're not going to drive that well, far. It's, you know, no. I may go up to the airport just to hang out. Ain't no damn way I'm about to go hang out at the airport. It's embarking. Barbecue, some beer. No. There's so many better barbecue places that'll be there around where we are. No, there's no way. I I do like the I, I do love it though because it brings more things here. The draft, obviously, we needed it for that. Uh, World Cup is going to be so important. Cause you're going to have be
2: embarrassed, too, when those, those those top picks fly into right. You know, KCI yeah, and their families or whatever. Terminal,
1: that old-ass I, hey, I that flew, airport's nice. I, I flew out of that old terminal uh, back in June well, last year. poor Jalen oh. Hurts
2: when he came to the one-on-one awards for the Chiefs last week. He had to fly in, the old he had a fly in that old terminal I'll tell you there. what, guys. Hey,
1: you think he flew private downtown? 100% he flew private. He did not fly. Yeah, he was at the downtown airport. He was not at Casey Yon, What do you think no. Dayball did? I think I, Dayball flew commercial. I took about... Dayball did, he, Dayball did they, not. Dayball did not
2: Dayball Dayball take a did, No, the flight. Jets,
1: not the Jets. The Giants flew him
2: over uh, to the downtown airport. The GM airport. came too, so maybe they did take a private plane. Yeah, they
0: took a private plane. I flew out of that airport, I think it was 16 times in 2022. So I'm quite familiar with it. And as somebody who flies uh, quite frequently... This could not come any sooner, and I know for like people who are a lot of people have complained that well, flying out of Kansas City, it's great because you can park your car and you're Same security as in <laughs> yeah, five Exactly, minutes. you can park right it's next like, to the stadium. Yeah, I know that's There's great. plenty of parking out there. Hey, that's we fantastic. Love but let me let me just if, for people who haven't flown out of a lot of other airports, other people seem to be okay with bigger, nicer airports with more amenities that happens to take 15 to 20 minutes longer to get through security. It's not that big of a deal. You get there half an hour earlier, you show up, and guess what? If Your flight gets delayed, or if you ever have to have a layover, you got stuff there. You got stuff to keep you occupied, and I cannot emphasize enough how important that is. If you're somebody who doesn't live in Kansas City, right, and you may think to yourself, people outside of Kansas City don't care about the Kansas city airport. They do. And I'll tell you why, because if I'm flying from Boston to Phoenix and I see that there's a layover in Kansas city or a layover in Austin, I'm taking the layover in Austin because I know at that airport, there will be something for me to do at the airport in Kansas city. I will sit there and I'll have to go to pork and pickle or Jose Cuervo's Taqueria. Those are my two options to keep me Occupied in this hour and a half layover, you can people dashboard. don't want to fly don't Kansas don't to Kansas City Airport. What are you doing? No, people have done that. I think, don't you, do that. I think, well, who was it, Tracy Wolfson? Yeah, he don't, did do, it. don't, yeah. Do that. So, I mean, it's a big deal. It's a big deal to make yourself <laughs> more attractive to, to, to the rest of the country.
2: It's just so much. This town is so happy. I mean, you get the world champion chiefs, you get the draft coming to Kansas City, you in the regional here as well. So, they're excited, they're excited yeah. about the world cup. But this airport and just, just the buzzing in this town from what football has brought us with the Chiefs. You know, with Patrick Mahomes here, this team's always going to be relative, as we know. But just to have the new airport, too. I mean, this, things are going so well in a town for a long time, we didn't have nice things. We didn't have nice things. Yeah. If uh, your neighbor's getting a new TV and nice things, and you're yeah. like, oh, that's cool, I wish we had nice things. Yeah, I wish
1: we had nice stuff. Kansas
2: City, we're getting nice things. As i always called, the little area between Kaufman and Arrowhead, the Boulevard of Broken
1: Dreams. That's kind of how Kansas City was with little the stuff matters. The, little nice stuff.
2: matters the little stuff matters. Now we have nice stuff, guys.
1: Yeah, I and obviously that stuff costs money, and that's the reason why it was important for us to make that investment. Certainly, whenever we start talking about like public funds having to go towards things, there's some arguments. There's things that that happen. There, people are like, "Oh, I don't want to. I don't want my tax dollars go to that." But like, if you really want this city to improve, and so many people in this city are tired of people trash talking it, tired of of. People in rival cities like Denver and whatnot talking about all the great things they got. Denver's had this big renaissance ever since they legalized weed over there, and all of a sudden now they've got all these things. Like we we got to do something. Yeah, to make that said stuff hold my beer. Too. Yeah, they said hold my beer. We, got weed, get Cup either. we, we got, got weed, too. We got weed, too. They it, like they all of a sudden now like and this could be like a big catalyst that helps. Kansas City even more so there could be much bigger things on the horizon there, by
0: the way I think I it, think we should I think we should actually lobby to make that the new Missouri official state slogan we is, got weed here is we, is it, got it, weed we got it, weed too we got weed too that's good isn't
2: Union Station kind of becoming
0: Kansas City symbol you know, like the arch
2: and St. oh yeah things. it's it's like when yeah. you think of Kansas City because of all the, the big most events cliche, and the most cliche and now individual. the draft yeah like you, you didn't even think of Union Station well keep winning, around the, around the country keep when winning you championships but now they always show it because they always have the different colors, the Royals or Chiefs or whatever. And then the parade always ends up there. It's going to be the draft. It's going to be spotlighted. But Union Station, its rise to popularity in this town is insurmountable because of the sports teams and the draft we're going to have. But that is really becoming a Kansas City fixture is seeing that train station. Yeah,
1: it's kind of like uh, the Empire State Building of the city. Yep. it's our It's our thing. It's our thing.
0: Well, this is our thing, guys. This is officially our thing now that we have one episode in the books. Yep. Character concerns. One and a half. Well, yeah, we don't count the first one. That was just a little teaser. You know, you'll learn in the biz. You gotta do some things to keep the bosses happy. Put some audio up on the site. You You know you know how to play the game. You gotta play the game, guys. Hey, we're gonna have new episodes out every Tuesday, up. And through the NFL Draft, this is just the first one. This is your little appetizer. We're going to be combine having Combine week. On. Don't forget combine Great week. Great
1: guests, Bean is going to be so horny this Bing. weekend watching the combine. Bing yes, I will. is <laughs> going
0: to spend all week and weekend watching... Uh, just big muscular men run around in tight fitting clothing. Yeah, it's great for the dating
2: life too. Hey, uh, I'm watching draft. How many?
0: I'm yeah, I'm telling my come over? Seriously, I, I got such the great the greatest excuse to watch the
1: combine now. My girlfriend she doesn't usually doesn't like me watching that stuff. You want to come season. watch routes? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch guys go out here and throw balls to <laughs> to other guys out there on an empty field with just a bunch of nerdy
0: people in the stands watching. Hey guys, by the way, congratulations. Spec told it, our boss told us to keep it to a tight hour. We are. Right Right at an hour, man. Already keeping him happy. Where so, are we at? company, man. It doesn't matter. We're close to an hour. Okay. We're close to an hour. He said, so "Don't go sing. over." We're professionals, and we're not going over because when the boss says jump, we say how high, sir. Just keep it, down. sir. That's right. So, if you haven't already, thanks for uh, lasting free. this long. If you want more of this, do us and yourself a favor. Hit that subscribe button, rate, review, and we will talk to you guys next Tuesday.